0: something about a boy with a stick right I know there are so many toys and video games and all the things that you kids like to play with all the time and that's awesome but I just think it's still true that if you put a boy outside for a while with a stick all sorts of creativity can ensue not all positive but uh, all sorts of creativity uh, over the course of an afternoon, a stick can literally transform into a whole lot of things. It can be an instrument tapping out the beat, making music as it's dragged along a fence or stuck in the uh, spokes of a, of a bicycle wheel. Uh, it can be a shovel digging holes searching for worms or buried treasure. Uh, it, can, uh, it, it might transform into an arrow or a javelin as it's uh, hurtled toward a target. Uh, that stick could be the central feature in a game of fetch with the neighbor's dog. Uh, most likely, however, it will turn several times into some type of weapon, right? Uh, it, it might be a club to fight off Viking invaders, or a lightsaber to defend against alien attackers, or a six shooter to win the duel and get the girl and free the town. Uh, it, it's a stick, it's just a simple piece of wood but it can turn into so many things. And Psalm 23 talks about a couple of sticks, a rod and a staff. And there's a lot more than meets the eye with those two essential tools for every shepherd. Last week we turned a corner, so in the middle of this series on the 23rd Psalm, and and, uh, last week we turned the corner into the second half in in verse 4, and uh, we saw a shift. Uh, David shifts uh, from talking about his shepherd... To talking to his shepherd, right, and and the uh, the pronouns shifted instead of uh, uh, he makes me lie down and and all those things, and talking about the shepherd. Now he's talking. You prepare a table before me. You are with me. Uh, your rod and your staff. And so it's it's talking to the shepherd, not just about the shepherd. And and in the in the the course of a year, uh, this also kind of coincides with. Um, what David would have known about the, the seasons and, uh, and, and the time at the beginning of summer when a shepherd would lead the sheep up to the mountains to, uh, to graze up in those, uh, uh, those pastures up in the high country and so it, during those times as he led them and we talked about those valleys going through the valleys to get up to the the, the mountains but it was a time of intimacy i was just the sheep and the shepherd and and no one and and nothing else around it it wasn't an easy path it was through those those uh, dark times sometimes the, the sketchy uh, dangerous valleys and full of shadows and and yet we learned that we can have peace Peace, even walking through the valleys of life, because the Lord is our shepherd and He is with us. And then the last phrase of verse four tells us specifically what it is about the presence of the shepherd that really put David at ease as he's as he's uh, describing these, uh, these these times with his shepherd. It was those sticks. that that his shepherd had. It's Psalm 23, verse 4. You've probably heard it before. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. For many years, my, uh, my father-in-law has been making walking sticks, among many other things, uh, both to give away and to sell. You probably noticed some of them up here, and you wondered what was going on, uh, but uh, these are just, uh, this isn't all of them from my garage, but, uh, but a few of them that, uh, that he has made. Now, if he were here, he was here last week, I should have, we uh, maybe should have uh, had him, ah, it would have been a dangerous thing to turn the mic over to Charlie, but um, uh, anyway, we uh, uh, he he would describe to you the process of uh, going out into the into the woods or along a, a thicket somewhere and finding a sapling that uh, that would be that would make a good uh, walking stick. Now usually he looks for ones, and I, this one especially is good. You can see kind of the cur- where a, a honeysuckle uh, vine has kind of grown up and grown into that sapling. Uh, it actually would grow like that, right? And uh and would grow up in there and he would look for that and then he'd cut it off uh down at the base and uh and take it home and then go through the process of uh, getting that vine out of it, uh cutting off all the little uh, branches and and different spots, uh cleaning it up, getting the bark off. Although with this one, he uh which he has labeled sneaky snake for some reason, uh, and it looks like this was Nick's, and he made it in 2009 because uh, he would—he uh, he actually um, would uh, would carve things into these. Uh, He's—I uh, don't have one with the with the little—he he put little brass plates on them sometimes. Uh, this one says that it's made from a buckeye tree. Um, uh, anyway, a lot of uh, a lot of care, a lot of skill, a lot of time goes into choosing exactly the right stick to uh, to make the. The, uh, the walking sticks, and, and we've enjoyed many, many hikes through the woods, uh, many, many, uh, uh, you know, up, up over this and that, those hiking sticks are very useful, and, uh, and, and it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort in order to, uh, to make that happen. Now, growing up, I would just find a stick. We'd go on a hike, and I'd look for That was the first thing I did was find a stick. This one, I've already got it, and we're, uh, we're ready to go. And so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. And, and that kind of resonated with me as I, as I think about and, uh, and read through, uh, again, the, the, the kind of the, the book that has spurred on this, uh, uh, this series. The book by Philip Keller, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, where he describes growing up in Africa and watching shepherd boys pick out the sticks that they would use. And uh, they would they would uh, they would need a rod or a staff or both and they would go as they're growing up and, and they're, they're moving into this uh, this uh, uh, job of watching the sheep they would need their own and so they would carefully select uh, a stick uh, suited to their size and their strength and and it would have to be shaped just right and and ba- well balanced and all the things and after it was selected the, the there was a, quite a process of whittling it in just the right way and and uh, shaping it and crafting it so that it could be a tool that was useful for them that was going to be literally kind of an extension of their own arm and then once that was completed that uh, that would-be shepherd would spend much time practicing with uh, with with that maneuvering even throwing it at times practicing using it as a as a weapon of defense or wielding it as, as a tool to guide the sheep where they needed to go. Uh, Anyone reading the 23rd Psalm back when it was written would have first-hand knowledge of those common uh, effective tools in the hands of any shepherd. No shepherd would attempt to lead sheep without a rod and a staff. Just what they had. Now I've always thought that those uh, those terms were maybe kind of interchangeable uh, a rod is a staff and a staff is a rod uh, apparently, I've been wrong so uh, if that's you uh, join uh, join me if it's not you, you know more than I do and you probably knew that already but uh, uh, there there were actually uh, these are two different uh, tools, both made of wood, both sticks uh, uh, specific to each shepherd in order to accomplish certain tasks here's a here's a picture um, uh, kind of describing both as it shows the the rod usually shorter kind of like a club uh, usually more for uh, for defense uh, they could throw this with precision at a predator or they might even throw it throw it at the rump of a sheep to get it back in line or throw it to uh, over just past the sheep if they want them to go in another direction uh, uh, the staff is probably what you've pictured uh, as a, a shepherd uh, shepherd staff with the crook at the top and uh, and, and if you think about a shepherd then, then you kind of you know, If you've seen any flannel graph at all in Sunday school, uh, that's kind of the picture. That it's a walking stick, but so much more guidance for the sheep. They can guide the sheep around. They, they use that crook to, uh, to actually scoop them up and, and get them where they need to be. The, the shepherd didn't take much with him when he uh, went to that high country. He was going to be gone a long, long time. He needed to travel light, and, uh, and yet two things that he always took with him were his rod and his staff. And it was those two items that David said were a comfort to him as he walked through dark valleys following the Lord his shepherd. Well, why were those things a comfort to him? There's four four reasons uh, that I want to highlight today. And the first one is is, uh, that they were used for protection. Uh, The rod and the staff were a comfort because uh, sheep are pretty defenseless. Uh, they don't, maybe you haven't noticed, maybe you have, sheep don't have claws. Uh, sheep don't have sharp teeth. Uh, they're not really all that agile. Uh, they can get bonked over pretty, they're, they're easy prey. And so, so the shepherd's watchful eye and his skill with the rod and the staff protected the sheep from threats. In Scripture, we know that David, who wrote this psalm, had first-hand experience with protecting his flock. Uh, he described it uh, specifically to, to King Saul. So, so David, the little shepherd boy, uh, went to the battlefield where Goliath was coming out, and everybody was afraid, but uh, David said, I'll go fight him. And Saul said, I don't think so. And, uh, and, and David said, uh, told this story to help convince King Saul that he could go fight Goliath. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, beginning in th- verse 34, he says this. David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, it's I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Now David's just not necessarily describing something that would be foreign to most folks in that, in that uh, community. Uh, that's what shepherds do. Predators were a problem. And when lions and bears came to David's flock, they were going to (laughs) pay. David uh, would chase them down and whack them with his rod and get his sheep back. And then when they turned on him, he'd grab them by the whiskers and wail on them until they died. I mean, it was, it was pretty dramatic, dramatic stuff. If I was in David's, in David's flock, I would I would feel pretty safe because David was committed to protecting his flock and the rod and the staff were his two main tools to do that. They would bring comfort and peace to the sheep as the shepherd protects them. Now, I, here's another reason, another time, another example why I probably wouldn't be a very good shepherd because I would probably... Let that little sheep go and cry a little, cry a little tear, and then move on with my life, uh, knowing that me grabbing the, uh, the the hair of a lion probably is not going to turn out too well for me. Uh, but uh, but 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 that's not what David does, and that's not the picture of the shepherd that he paints here in this psalm. Our our Lord, the Lord our Shepherd, God Himself protects us. Our, the, the, the rod and the staff represent his protection. And, and that's a great thing, uh, but, but I want us to, to think through this a little bit because, because in a typical day, I'm assuming that uh, you're not going to be attacked by a lion or a bear. Um, in this uh, culture, in this day and age, unless you're going out looking for him, probably not going to be attacked by a lion. So, so what does this protection? look? What, what is God protecting us from? The short answer, I, I, I guess, uh, the short answer would be the devil, uh, the the attacks of the evil one, uh, and those can look uh, look. Very uh, look, uh, in a variety of ways. First Peter five eight says your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. John ten ten says that the thief referring to the devil uh, comes only to kill steal and destroy. Ephesians six tells us that the devil has these things called schemes right and uh, actually describes them as uh, flaming arrows of the evil one that are coming at us. Just as sheep are vulnerable to the attack of predators as they walk through the dark valleys, we're susceptible to the attacks of our enemy, the devil. And the way that we can discern those attacks, we, we, we uh, can clue in on, is this something that we need to be uh, defended against or, or look out for? I, I think one of the main things is, uh, is to look for the language that the devil uses. Maybe those thoughts that are in our mind. He's he's crafty and sneaky. Uh, the scripture describes him as a liar and an accuser. The rod and the staff of God's truth reveals and combats the lies of the evil one. John eight forty four 44 says, uh, Jesus is talking to uh, the, the, uh, the the Pharisees and he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a liar and the father of lies. Revelation twelve ten 10 uh, says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now I have come to the salvation and the power of the kingdom of God. And the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. A liar and an accuser. And so we have to beware of the lies and the accusations that can sneak in and steal us away from the comfort that God brings. Have you ever listened to some lies of the evil one? I, it could be little things, uh, maybe, maybe things like, oh, uh, you're, you're not enough, you can't handle that, it's just not worth it, you're such a screw up, I can't believe how you messed that up again, you'll never learn, uh, it, things that degrade and, and accuse us of things, and, and, and you'll never get past it, uh, lie, his lies could be temptations towards sin, come on, do this, it won't matter. It's not a big deal. You can do this. God will still be okay. Just cut this little corner. It's all right. Or maybe it's just a distraction. Spend your time. Spend your effort. Spend your money on these things. They're not awful bad things. They're just not on the things that God wants for you right now. Oh, It's okay. It's no big deal. Invest here. It doesn't matter that that won't last Hundreds. Of, we could so many examples of of ways that the devil seeks to tempt and distract and deceive us, and, uh, and and I think we're pretty easy prey, left to our own defenses, which is why we need God's rod and staff for protection. Keller, in his book, um, uh, describes God's rod and staff uh, specifically as Scripture and the Holy Spirit. I I think those things are involved. I think there's a whole lot of other ways that that, that God protects us, but those are probably two of the main ingredients uh, of of God's rod and his staff because the more that we know the truth of God as revealed in Scripture, the less we will believe the lies of the evil one. And the closer that we are to God in relationship with him as we walk with the Spirit, uh, the, the less we'll fall for the schemes of the devil. His rod and his staff protect us. Our shepherd provides protection. But that's not all that, uh, that the rod and the staff do for us. The, the shepherd would also use that same rod and that same staff for correction. He would correct his sheep. Uh, if an unruly, stubborn sheep was, was going off on his own or causing problems in the flock, that rod and the staff would, uh, would be used to get them back in line. The boundaries that the shepherd laid down through his discipline and his correction— actually gave great comfort to the sheep uh, because they knew that the shepherd was in charge and he was going to lead them where they needed to go. And if someone or something was, was uh, getting out of line, he would get them back in line. His rod and his staff were tools of his authority and he would bring correction if needed. And of course, uh, God has to correct us at times, right? As the old hymn says, we are prone to wander. But how comforting it is to know that Jesus doesn't let us wander off, he pursues us. He, he cares enough not to leave us in our sin, but he wants to come with his loving correction to get us back on track. We, we sang about it uh, the, this morning, just a little bit ago. There's no shadow, uh, he won't light up, or mountain he won't climb up, or wall he won't kick down, or lie he won't tear down as he comes after us. He pursues us with his loving conviction and correction to get us back on track track. Keller uh, described in his book uh, how shepherds uh, would address misbehaving animals. He, He says this, I could never get over how often and with what accuracy the African herders would hurl their rods at some recalcitrant beast that misbehaved. If the shepherd saw a sheep wandering away on its own or approaching poisonous weeds or getting too close uh, to danger of one sort or another, the club would go whistling through the air and send the wayward animal scurrying back to the bunch. There may certainly be times when we need to be bonked on the head or swatted on the rump or just redirected by a well-placed throw of our shepherd's rod. In that process, we then have a decision to make, right? Right? When the shepherd brings correction, are we going to submit to his authority and, uh, and allow ourselves to be corrected and get back on track? God knows what's best. Uh, we talked a, a couple of weeks ago about he leads us on the right paths. Are we going to submit to his leadership and authority to keep us on those right paths? Again, God's word, uh, the Bible, is a key part of God's correction and direction, right? Uh, 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16 and 17 describes scripture. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That sounds a lot like God's rod and staff keeping us on those right paths. We have to allow God, uh, through the truth of, uh, of the Bible, to teach us, and at times to rebuke us, and to correct us, and to train us. And it's all for our benefit so that we are thoroughly equipped. We're, we're not thoroughly equipped when we start out, but as God guides and directs us and, and keeps us on those right paths, then he thoroughly equips us to live that, that abundant life with him. And at times it might feel like a, a precisely thrown club hitting us between the eyes and we don't like how it feels and, and it, it, uh, it, it, it seems uh, excessive at times or, or we, we want to go and do our own thing. But, but as God brings his correction, it's done in love in order to help us avoid sin and its effects and to equip us for every good work. God's rod and his staff illustrate his correction in our lives but that's not all the rod and staff were also used by a shepherd as tools of inspection or examination he, he a shepherd would regularly inspect the sheep, now sheep, uh, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, sheep have wool, and that wool get, grows, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it covers things up that might otherwise be seen, uh, maybe uh, problems, uh, maybe uh, deformities or defects, maybe uh, disease uh, or wounds or uh, uh, things that get covered up by this, this wool uh, that, that might cause problems uh, for the health of the sheep untreated, uh, those things can make a sheep miserable and even shorten its life. So a good shepherd will take the time to examine his sheep. Again, in his book, Keller describes it this way. In caring for his sheep, the good shepherd, the careful manager, will from time to time make a careful examination of each individual sheep. The picture is a very, very poignant one. As each animal comes out of the corral and through the gate, it is stopped by the shepherd's outstretched rod. He opens the fleece with the rod. He runs his skillful hands over the body. He feels for any sign of trouble. He examines the sheep with care to see that all is well. This is a most searching process entailing every intimate detail. It is, too, a comfort to the sheep, for only in this way can its hidden problems be laid bare before the shepherd. What a, what a great picture of care and concern. Good shepherds inspect their sheep to make sure that they are healthy and strong and so that they can heal any, uh, any hidden problems that might be there. And like sheep, we have to allow God, the Lord, our shepherd, to inspect us regularly so that uh, if there are any underlying problems, they can lovingly be handled and healed. Your shepherd knows that you may be carrying hidden wounds. It's easy to to cover them up. Uh, we, we don't have wool. Well, some of us are more woolly than others, I suppose. But uh, uh, we we put on a happy face. We pretend everything is well. But 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 life brings pain, and and people can hurt us, and and uh, uh, the devil's attacks can can inflict injury, and and uh, the left untreated. Those wounds can fester and grow and keep us from living an abundant life with God. Now I know that um, a lot of times those wounds um, might not be healed as you're sitting in a service like this listening to a, a sermon on a Sunday morning. But a setting like this can be a place of inspection, right? It can be a place where we open ourselves up to God and he begins to point out something that, that, uh, that needs to change or he may, uh, uh, may start to deal with a wound that has gone untreated for a long time. This could be a start. It could be a, a, an inspection examination moment as you allow God to part the wool that's been covering things up so well for so long. Not to accuse, not to embarrass, but to reveal reality so that healing can begin. You may have deep wounds. You, you may be living with all sorts of things caused by all sorts of situations in, in, in your past. Uh, your enemy, the thief, would like nothing better than for you to keep hiding those things. Stuffing those things, not dealing with it. But, but uh, in doing that, uh, it robs you of the joy of life with Jesus. It could be, could be that the best takeaway for you uh, from this sermon today, and there should always be a couple of takeaways, right? It could be the best uh, takeaway that that you get from this message today is that you're finally going to make that call or go online and make that appointment with a Christian counselor so that God can help you start unpacking, cleaning out, and healing past wounds that haven't been dealt with. Whether in a clinical setting or simply in, in personal time with God in prayer, We have to be honest with God and with ourselves and face truth. So many times we, we, we come up to truth as God defines truth and we choose to, uh, to, uh, instead of, uh, submit to that truth, we choose to push away from that and, and go our own way. Maybe, maybe dismiss it or maybe we just hide and, and don't ever deal with it or we try to bend the truth, uh, to, uh, to match our own perspective. But most of the time, uh, we just try to avoid, avoid inspection altogether. We keep things light and we keep, uh, people and even God at arm's length following the shepherd means humbly submitting to his rod of inspection. It could be as simple as, uh, as praying the prayer at the end of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Maybe you need to make sure you write down Psalm 139, 23 and 24 and you look it up later or you, uh, uh, you copy it down and you put it somewhere where you're going to see it uh, when you open your Bible each day with God and, and you allow that to be part of the time that you spend with him. God, is there anything? Am I covering anything up? Is there something that you want to address? Is there anything that needs to be dealt with? Inspect me. As you come to him in prayer, ask him to examine you, to to deal with any problems, any wounds, anything that's holding you back from following him. All of that protection and correction and inspection has a reason. And that's because the shepherd wants to make a connection with you. Sorry that it all rhymes today. It's, uh, you know, maybe you'll remember it though. I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of fun sometimes to make that happen. Uh, connection. Especially with the staff, the shepherd uh, could could guide and connect with individual sheep uh, just by touching them with the with the end of it. Um, or he'd literally scoop them up with that with that hook. Uh, maybe they'd gotten into trouble. Maybe they were tangled in briars, and he couldn't get in there with his hands to get them out. So he could get in there with his rod and and reconnect with them as as he uh, gets them out of trouble. Or maybe they got down in a ditch, and and he needed to lift them up out of that. Uh, uh, Keller in his book talks also about uh, when, when a lot of the, uh, the, the, the sheep were, were having lambs and, and it was kind of confusing and chaotic and sometimes a, a lamb would kind of get hidden and, and uh, needed to be connected to the, the sheep and he couldn't touch it and, and get it to because if, if it had the human sin on it, the, the mother might reject it and so uh, the, 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 the shepherds would, would use the crook of their staff to make sure that the lambs were connected with their, uh, their mothers. He also described how sometimes a shepherd would, would walk along with certain sheep and just kind of reach out that, that, uh, uh, that, that staff to touch them on the side. It's almost like if you're walking with somebody and, and you had your arm around them, uh, uh, just, uh, just kind of a, a, a sense of connection even as they walked along the path. The Lord, your shepherd, doesn't want to just be your protector or your, your disciplinarian, your corrector. He, not just that authority. He doesn't want to just be the one that, that points out the problems in order to deal with those things. All of that is for one purpose, to connect with you in relationship. When David talks about that rod and staff as a comfort, maybe that's what he's thinking most of all, that personal bond between shepherd and sheep as they traverse the landscape together. Protection, correction, inspection, and connection. Who knew so much could happen with a couple of sticks, right? Well, that's what your shepherd wants to do for you as you walk through this life with him. Protect you and correct you and inspect you so that he can connect with you in relationship and so the question today is will you submit to his leadership in your life at the beginning of this series we we asked uh, are you willing to connect or reconnect or or uh, uh, make sure that you are following the shepherd that the lord is your shepherd this is kind of where the rubber meets are. are we really allowing him to do these things in our lives to protect us or or are we just kind of making going out on our own and and dealing with with life as it is are we allowing him to correct us and getting back on track and submitting to his authority in our lives or are we kind of doing our own thing are we allowing him to inspect us or are we keeping him at arm's length are we really connected to him